talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Philadelphia fans, boo. We do it better than anybody else, I'd like to think. And I wear it like a badge of honor. How can we judge a guy? How can we honestly assess his quarterback play when he's just given some of the most terrible weapons the NFL has ever seen? Here are your hosts. This is one of the more disappointing outcomes for a Philadelphia sports team in the last decade. And John Mita. But Ben Simmons, my God, learn how to shoot. It is the Brotherly Love Podcast, Anchor.fm, various podcast platforms. Joe O'Donnell, John Mita, what is a wrap-up of the Eagles season, or at least a somewhat immediate reaction to the beatdown they suffered in Tampa. The birds are done. And John Mita, how the hell are you? I'm terrible, depressed, <laughs> but, um, you know, just awful. Kind of, uh, it's just, you know, when I was watching that game, I literally just, I, I just thought of Dennis Green and, you know, his famous quote when they were playing the Bears, and they are who we thought they were. And they're really not that great of a football team. And I can't say that I got fleeced and I expect them to go down and win. Part of that was a homer's pick, but I felt like if things fell right, the Bucks were kind of limping in, maybe there's a shot we could pull off a mirror. That did not even come to the surface. Unfortunately, our favorite song from the Super Bowl year, Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill, <laughs> actually came true that day. You know, getting dominated, being down 31-0, and, and just, what do we talk about? Jonathan Gannon, again, I, I, you know, I'm sure I'll be headed today to church for a little bit. I will be saying my prayers that somebody, for the love of God, offers their head coaching position to Jonathan Cannon as defensive coordinator. This way, we don't have to fire him out of one, you know, after one year. I know where he lives. If he needs, you know, if he needs help selling his house, my brother's a broker. I could dip it off the market for him. I'm sure my brother would appreciate the million-dollar commission. Or, or, or selling a million dollar house on a million dollar commission, but I, I just I was just so disappointed, Joe. I feel like we got out coached, we got outplayed in every facet. And how many times are we going to let Jalen Rieger kill this football team? I don't know. Is that is that rhetorical? I'm not really sure if I have an answer to that. Let me ask. Wait, let me go back for a second. When you had the Dennis Green reference, sure. and you say we are who they thought they were, right, right. who are you referring to? The Eagles or the Bucks? Ah, uh, the Eagles. Yeah. Just in, listen, their team. Because to me, the Bucks were exactly what we expected as well, which right. was probably better defensively than a lot of Philadelphia gave them credit for going right. into the game. And yep. offensively did exactly what we expected, even without Leonard Fournette, which was balance the running game and take every check down on planet Earth and just wait for the Eagles to screw it up, which they did. Um, and on top of that, the one thing you couldn't have, and we didn't really talk about it, but I don't think it was – you know, it's not rocket science. You could not lay an egg on special teams, and they did exactly that. The punter was terrible. Raggers fumbled, literally sealed the game. If there was ever a prayer, there was none after that. Like, uncle with the special teams performance this year. I think they blocked an extra point or a field goal at yeah. some point and maybe had one decent return or two yeah. decent returns all year. Rager had a punt uh, against the Redskins – no, against the Giants – they kind of set him up to put the game away in the second half. That was maybe a 30-yard return down the right sideline. 
And, you know, I didn't see much of the Dallas game. Apparently, Huntley had a couple of kickoff returns that were decent. But, like, other than that, name me a special teams play this team made. Yeah, I in, mean, se- well, in 17 weeks, by the way, of football. Well, I, mean, God, I mean, the best special teams player was the punter, Aaron Sipsos. And then he, he finds he gets a case of the yips like Markel Fultz, and now he can't boot a ball over 30 yards. Right. Like, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, this guy was – he might even let the league. I'll, we'll have to look it up at some point. Not anybody cares He's about him. 30th out of 36 qualified punters from what I read uh, okay. on the season. And I believe he was dead last from week 10 on. So basically the second half of the season, he was, like, miserable. Uh, he was the Eagles' best player week two to week five, right? They won week one, so they didn't need him. But okay. after that, he was, like, pinning teams deep. He was booting the you-know-what out of the ball. And you're right. He got the yips. He stunk down the stretch. By the way, Jake Elliott had a nice season. Unfortunately, you know, yeah. not many meaningful kicks because, quite honestly, right. they, didn't, they didn't have to win a game on his leg late. But right. he was dialed in all year, so kudos to him. But the rest of the yeah. special teams can suck a fat oh. one. And honestly, that coach, Mike Clare, whatever his name is, he was – what did he bring? Brutal. Yeah. No, and I, I mean – and since he was really good at like pinning opponents inside the ten yard line. That was something early on in the season he was like the master at. Like, and I think Glenn and Ray made their stupid football bet that he had to you know do it twenty times or whatever or something like that. But yeah, it was just you know special teams and they build they, they the football team and and just defensively like listen, they're a wounded animal. So they're two two of their best offensive linemen are injured, and this is the perfect opportunity. They're wounded animals. This is the perfect opportunity to send some pressure and get after Brady because you know he hates to be hit. If there's one thing that you saw with the 2017 Eagles team when they were playing the Patriots, that was a team that didn't look like they were afraid. They looked like, yup, we belong here, and, and we're going to come get it, and we're going to bring it all day. And even though they gave up 500 yards through the air that day, they still they still brought it. But this team just it was just embarrassing. I mean, just and 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 again, it's it's going to come back to you know, dude, was it the right? I mean, you're going to ask all these questions in the off season, but was it the right idea to sit the starters against the Cowboys because they just seemed a little rusty? I mean, they really did. I mean. They just looked out of sync, and that was my worry coming into the preseason. And then they play Atlanta and shellac the Falcons. I'm like, well, maybe they knew what they were doing. And then the next couple weeks, they still kind of struggled. But I don't know. They beat bad football teams, okay? Was it nice to get in the playoffs? Yeah. Do we have three draft picks in the 20s? Miracle? Yes, we do. But I think the biggest question, Joe, and I'm going to have to ask you this, is Jalen Hurts the quarterback for this football team next year? That is a huge It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. 100% he's the guy. And you know what? I might be on this island by myself, but I'm Uh, here to defend Jalen Hurts today. All right, good. And I might be the only person in Philadelphia. He's getting crushed. And it was the the last thing this city and this organization needed was for him to play a poor game because now it's going to be just more of the same Philadelphia – fodder on the on the airwaves the easy hey is Jalen Hurts the guy conversation for four hours a day like uncle we went through this 
for basically 17 weeks this year. I'm tired of hearing about it. The kid works his butt off. The kid has talent. The kid has all the intangibles. I think he'll be just fine. Do you need him to run the ball for him to be better? Yes. Do you need him to have success with his legs to help you win games? Yes. But there are quarterbacks, and we've seen it, that can make a career and a living and a damn good career out of doing that. Now, do you run the risk of getting hurt? Sure. Was he limping around a little bit in that playoff game? Sure. But listen, the bottom line is I'm here to defend Jalen Hurts today because I put this loss on Nick Sirianni. Okay, the first thing I jotted down on my phone watching that game as it was starting to wrap up, I'm like, I better put some thoughts down. I need to talk to John Mita soon. The first thing I put, John Mita, was screw you, Sirianni, because he was not prepared. The team was not prepared. And you could talk about resting guys in week 18. I, I don't really put a lot of stock in it. But what I'm here to tell you, John Mita, is this team was not ready to go, and it's disappointing. Defensively, how many times – I mean, Tampa came with tempo early. Were the Eagles prepared? Didn't look like it. Guys were still getting into their stances as the ball was being snapped. 12 men on the field. Substitution issues. Like, what did you expect? Did you think that the defending champs at home with a Super Bowl-winning head coach and the greatest quarterback of all time were going to sit there and just roll over for the Eagles because they were coming in with momentum? Like, give me a break. The birds were not ready. It starts at the top. They watch Rocky videos instead of preparing. Nick Sirianni's little, like, childish, here's how I get my team, my cute way to get the team motivated, didn't work all season long. From the beat Dallas shirts to the videos to the, you know, uh, the, the watering the flower. Now, look, the team happened to hit a winning streak thereafter and kind of rallied around the fact he got trashed nationally and in the city. But this team did not respond to his little gimmick ways of getting the team ready all season long. They just didn't. And they were not ready for this football game on Sunday. Boston Scott carried the football one time. One time. And again, I'm not here to lead the Boston Scott fan club. I'm not here to tell you they would have won if he carried it 15 times. But one carry for the guy that literally resurrected your running game and saved your season with the help of the offensive line and a more run-heavy game plan, of course. But Boston Scott, not Miles Sanders, to some extent Jordan Howard, not Kenny Gainwell. Boston Scott is the reason that you got into the playoffs because of his ability to run the football. He carried the ball once, and he got 34 yards on the carry, John Mita. It came late, not late in the game, but in the second half. Miles Sanders was dancing around. He finished with 14 yards on six or seven carries. He was not the guy to start that game running the ball. They should have come out running the football right up the middle with Boston Scott. Okay? And when the game got away from them, they should have stayed to the run. And I know that sounds crazy. You can't win running the ball down two scores. But the Eagles showed us that when they abandon the run, they have no prayer. Quarterback, game plan, skill set, whatever. You pick. It's all of them. The bottom line is they need to run that ball. They didn't run it. They tried to give it to Sanders who wanted to dance around, and it was too little too late. I'm so disappointed, Nick Sirianni. Like, I'm, I'm done with this coaching staff. They're going to have to earn my trust back because that was embarrassing. Devontae Smith doesn't get involved until late in the second quarter. Embarrassing. Dallas what? Goddard doesn't touch the football in the first few series. Embarrassing. The defense sat back until it was too late. Everything we talked about that they couldn't do, they went out and did. And they expect to win that game? Give me a break. All right. 
Yeah, no, I mean, well said. I mean, so many points that you hit on. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, the one thing that was this, and, and here's where they go into the analytics, right? So technically, like Tampa was very soft against the run if you went to the outside, right? Numbers show that, you know, they're, they're, they're very strong against the run up the middle, but they're a little weaker if you get them on the edges, right? So you could see that the Eagles were trying to attack on the edges. That's probably what their statistical, analytical piece yeah. of crap, you know, spreadsheet showed. Knowing that, you know what, maybe we should just try to get up and get up, get behind the girth, you know, get behind Dickerson, get behind – and they, and they just didn't do it. And it's just disappointing because they look so uh, – just like you said, they look so unprepared. Yep. It, it, it wasn't even funny. I mean, defensively, like, Rom Gronkowski, you know the guy's a target. He's a target in the red zone. Like, when he scores that touchdown, like, he's oh not my even God. touched. Nobody chips him. They don't try to disrupt players off their routes. That's the thing with Tom Brady, right? He's like, what, what do they say about Tom Brady? Gets the ball out of his hands so damn quick, like within two, three seconds. Okay. In order to combat that, one of the things you need to do is get your hands on the wide receivers. Disrupt the break. Don't let them get out of the break. And if you can do that, you might throw up his timing by a second or something, or it creates more time so that your pass rush can get there. And how many times, you know what, I'm sick of this guy too. Okay, see you later, Derek Barnett. Instead of to Ruben Frank. Goodbye, 2017 draft class. What an abysmal draft class that was. You know, headlined by first-round pick Derek Barnett. How many times is this guy going to commit a personal foul penalty in crucial situations? We might have been able to get off the field without them going down 7 yep. nothing. if Knucklehead doesn't, you know. And, again, he tried to, like, hold him up. And no, but he's dirty. We've talked about it. No, 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 dirty. I know. But you know it's Tom Brady, and you know he's going to get the call. And you know your name's Derek Barnett, and you've been flagged for this constantly in your career. And if there's one thing officials know, they know who holds, and they know who commits personal fouls, plain and simple. And and it's embarrassing that he hasn't gotten it out of his game. And, you know, what do you make of kicking off, John Mita? They won the toss, and the birds deferred. You know, usually – Okay, usually I'm a huge proponent of – I love deferring because you're like, all right, you make adjustments, you come out of halftime. However, if Tom Brady's the other quarterback on the other side of the ball and considering your offense hasn't played, I think they should have taken the ball and, and started the game by accepting the football and just get Jalen into the game. Yep. I think they should have just, hey, it's your first playoff game, you have jitters. This is what it's going to be like. This is what the speed's going to be like. Get used to it. You know, if you go three and out, you punt, then you let Brady come down. I thought it was a big mistake, and, and there's just so many things that show. I also thought when they were driving at the end of the first half, I mean, Jalen makes a play. I think he hits Quez Watkins on some yep. type of crossing pattern 25 yards down the field. Okay, at that point, I think they had two timeouts left. They should have I mean, called one. They should have called one. Right. That was one thing that really stuck with me because yep. here's the deal. You call a timeout. You got to get your football field. You got to get your team down the field. It's going to take you 20 to 30 seconds to get everyone lined up, snap the ball, two timeouts, call timeout, get your quarterback refocused. Yes, yeah, settle everybody down. Settle and them the down. next play was the interception. The next play was the interception. So you settle them down. You say, listen. These are your first two reads on these next plays we're calling in. Yeah, exactly. Hero, right? Hero, we can take the points here. Get out. We're down seventeen three at the half. We're down two touchdowns. We get 
I thought that was one of the biggest plays of the game that just was not talked about. Nick Sirianni's failure not to call timeout there. Just to, just to basically let the kid know, like, listen, man, you, I know you're pressing. You want to press. You want to make a big play, get the team right back in the direction. But that was – that was another nail in the coffin. John Mead, when we've seen uh, – you go back to that Giants game, which was Hurts' worst game of the year, right? Correct. He had red zone turnovers, forcing the ball. That's yep. what he was doing on Sunday. He was Correct. trying to make plays when – now, look, if Devontae Smith's defender doesn't fall down on that play, he probably yeah. never even throws that ball because he's covered. As soon yeah. as that guy hits the turf, he sees him, he tries to whip it in there. The safety makes an unbelievable – not only read, but play to stay in bounds. Like, sure, does Aaron Rod do, – do five quarterbacks in the NFL have the arm strength to zip that in there? Yes. Does Carson yeah. Wentz probably? Yes. But that's not a throw. It's not like he noodle-armed it. Like, it was going to hit Smith right in the chest. It's just the guy made a great play. Like, it, it is what it is. made a great play. The only thing is, you know, there's a time where maybe you just throw up a little higher. You know, and you're like, Devontae, go get the ball, which he can do. But yep. I hear you. But, I mean, yes, it would have taken an unbelievable. That was a 35-yard throw, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, right. it's not like he was at the 11. Like, no, they I... were out there. You know, he's rolling to his left. He tries to set his feet. It's a 30-plus-yard throw to the end zone. Devontae's two or three yards deep in the end zone. Like, that's not – people are like, oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. He can't make – no. This coaching staff did not give Jalen Hurts – the, the the opportunity to win this game with how they called things, the personnel decisions, uh, I mean, you name it. They just – you can't just put the blame at the feet of the quarterback when the coaching staff was this bad. No. Well, I mean, you tell me, when when does defense make a play? I mean, they played okay, but, again, Javon Hargrave, like, he had to have a great game. Fletcher Cox, it all when, – when, when you want to beat Tom Brady – it's, the first line is real simple. You have to get A-gap pressure, and they got zero. They got zero pressure up the middle. He could just stand back there, do whatever he does. And, again, he was, what, 29, 37, over 300 yards, and, 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 and having a, a completion rate like that, that means he was never bothered, you know? Yep. Never bothered. His, Q, his, his QBR was only 524 now, I know that's a lower scale. than His rating was 115.2. But, like, you know, yes, was Brady good? Sure. But he wasn't perfect. He missed some throws early, and he certainly did, wasn't tested. Like, he never sweated for a second of that game. He didn't break a beat of sweat. And, and nope. that's the thing that's frustrating. He got hit a couple times, yes, but the pocket collapsed. He's a statue. He just stood there. He took the hit. He got up, and they played another down. Like, I, I just – I'm just so frustrated because they had a chance like you and I talked about. They had to play a good game or a perfect game to really give themselves a chance. And they went down there and absolutely laid an egg. And I just hate it from the national standpoint, the national media. It just becomes this like, oh, Eagles. You know, I I get it. All right. They didn't play well. But they also didn't appear prepared. And sure, a lot of guys making their playoff debut. I get it. It's a good experience for them to go through. But I don't think the staff put them in a good enough spot to succeed. I don't like the game plan. I don't like the in-game adjustments. I don't like the preparation from what I can tell. Nick Sirianni talked all week about how you got to prepare the same way. Because if you're not preparing the same way, it means yeah. that the rest of the season you didn't prepare properly. To me, they didn't prepare the same way. Like, they didn't go about their business with what had made them successful over the last eight to ten weeks of the season. They went in there. I don't know if management was involved 
or what with the game plan and the things that yeah. were chosen to be. It just had that feel of those terrible six weeks in the middle of the season that we saw before, which is fall behind, have no yeah. rhythm offensively, too soft defensively. It was like the bad Eagles that we got for those six to eight weeks. That's what we saw on Sunday. So was that because they played a good team on the road that knew what the hell they were doing? Or is that because they didn't do the things that made them successful for that chunk of the year that got them into the playoffs? Yeah. It, it was, it was again. Offensive like, pass interference call again. Yeah. Was that 10 all year? Oh, my God. Like, they never cleaned that up once. They run a play there. They run a play where Devontae Smith is blocking to Quez Watkins on the screen. Goes for nothing. Could we reverse that? Yeah. No, I'm – yeah, I mean, I think the other thing is, too, which is pointed out, is this – you know, yeah, you could call this team technically, mathematically, you could call this team a playoff team, but they weren't really a playoff team. You know, they – it, it just shows the other class that these teams are in. And we yep. need a lot of work. And there's a lot of things that need to change. And, you know, I know people were, like, still sticking up for John again. Well, he didn't have the personnel. Well, you know, I crap on that because I, I don't believe in that. I just don't think the guy's a good coordinator, period. I just don't like the way he calls the games. As much as I didn't like Jim Schwartz, I mean, this guy makes Jim Schwartz look like an altar boy right now. <laughs> I mean, which is, I can't believe I'm even saying these words. But a lot needs to change. I mean, and – just like you were defending Jalen Hurts earlier, I, I my whole thing is this, right? Unless you can get Deshaun Watson or, or, or Russell Wilson, but the question is, what do you have to give up? Yeah, I don't want either up. of those guys. Give me a break. To no, get and, to get either of those guys, you've got to give up too much. It takes up a huge amount of your cap space, and your team has too many holes. Like It shouldn't I, even be up for debate. I, I, I'm totally on board with you, and I think this team should draft all defense unless – you know, they, they use the third pick and try to acquire, like, a veteran wide receiver. But other than that, defense, we need playmakers, okay? We need yep. another corner to go up with Darius Slay. Okay, right, and happens. how long is Darius Slay going to be around for? Maybe two, three more good years. Yeah, bro. maybe. Maybe, correct. You know, we all wanted to run him out of town after eight weeks of his first year. So, let's, exactly. you know, and, let's pump the brakes on the fact that he's going to be here for a half a decade or something. Like, they need four players in their secondary. Yeah. Avante I, Maddox got exposed, by the way, on Sunday. Yeah. The yeah. safeties, Rodney's at the end of his career, love him to death. Marcus yeah. Epps is not a starting NFL safety. So you need two safeties, and you really need two cornerbacks. Because yeah. the clown you drafted last year, Zach McPherson, is nothing but a bunch of dreck. Yeah. And, and also, at some point, all you got to do is look across the field and look at the linebackers at the Bucks. Devin White and Levante Davis. Right. And, Howie, you really need to say to yourself, you know what? We need to get some linebackers in here. Some playmaking. I'm talking – I mean, like – Disruptors, talking, John Mita. Disruptors. But, and honest to God, call me crazy. I'm not so sure – I mean, you know, my mock drafts are all over the place. I'm not so sure I take the middle linebacker from Georgia and then I take the linebacker from Utah, Devin Lloyd, who's a beast, and then I take the corner. Get two, you know, if you can't get the safety. So, look, they have picks 15, 16, and 19. I can't believe that the Indy pick is better than what Indy's pick was a year ago. So, I know. Do you think they take three players in April? They have to. Do you think think they will? No, no. But they have. Here's the only thing if they got a package, let's say they got a package 15 to 16 to get in the top 10 to take like the safety from Notre Dame, I'm all on board with that. Okay. 
But if you want to just take the third pick and, and trade it because somebody wants to get back into the first round and you'll have two futures, like, this is a really good draft for defensive players, man. And I just think if you could get three, you could, I'm telling you, there's enough talent where with 15, 16, and 19, you can literally pick, pluck, if you do it right, three starters for your football team next year on defense. As well, then, that, then that's all I need to hear. And that's, that's what I would go sure. with. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what you need. You need that. I mean, honest to God, I would mortgage the damn future to get the three guys that I want. I don't care what it takes. I don't care if I get 17 second-rounders, whatever. Go get the safety from Notre Dame, Kyle Hamilton. Go get him. Go get the linebacker from Georgia, N'Kobe Dean. And go get me the corner from Cincinnati, Sauce Garden. You get those three guys and you put them on your defense, Jalen Hurts won't have to put up 28 points a game because their defense will get real sick, real nasty, real quick. Yeah, and you got some money to spend in free agency. And we got a lot of time to get into all that. I we will know, talk I about know. it. Um, you called the kidding. Niners upset in the Cowboys. You want to pat yourself on the back? Yeah, man. It's just good to just see, you know, if our team goes up in flames, there's nothing, you know, it's, I mean, it doesn't make you feel great, but to see them not win anything and just go through another playoff loss, I mean, there's nothing better. I mean, they haven't won playoff game in how many years? I mean, it's been a while. Yeah, I guess one playoff win in 25 years or something. I don't know. I uh, I will McCarthy say, like, I, I think because my expectations for this team were lower, that I never expected a Super Bowl. I think I've I've shaken off the loss on Sunday a little bit quicker than normal. But yeah, it was definitely yeah. sweet to have the Cowboys lose. That's always a bonus. Um, give us your divisional round picks, Johnny Mita, because I know you got to run. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. So we have. Uh, I think the Bills. I think the Bills upset Kansas City. I agree. I'm going with that. I think they're going to get hot, and I think they might go all the way to the Bulls. So, um, I've liked them all year. I like their defense. So, um, next pick. So, who do we got in the other bracket? We got, you got Bills, tight, or you got Broncos, Titans. Didn't I mean, sorry, Titans. Bengals, Bengals, Bengals. My bad. Tell you, man, a lot's going to ride on it. Play. If King Henry plays, I like Titans at home. Week off. Wow. Okay, but, but since he's hot, Joe Burrow is hot right now. I know they are, and I and that I think since he in the first half's to play there, but I yeah. just Mike Vrabel's a good coach. He is a good coach. Don't yeah. underestimate the Titans. Yeah. Uh, they'll have a week of rest for AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry. Their defense. It's not an easy place to go down and play. I think since he can win that game. That's the, that's the one to me that's the biggest toss-up. But I love the Bills. I think they win. I know yeah. that sounds crazy because KC's rolling offensively right now, but the Bills are legit. Uh, I, I think the Bengals-Titans is a coin flip. I could see either team winning. Who you got in the NFC? NFC, I mean, as much as, you know, Kyle Shanahan is like the thorn and LaFleur's, like he just, you know, he has a hard time beating him. I, I think Green Bay with the week off, getting Rodgers healthy, you know, they're going to bring back some key pieces on defense. Jair Alexander, they might get Smith, one of their great pads. Zedary Smith, their pass rusher. Green Bay's coming in this thing healthy. Uh, two weeks to win on the road is tough. And so I'm going to go with Green Bay there. And then between Tampa and the Rams. The Rams looked pretty good last night. Their defense looked pretty good. Tom Brady is hobbling. I think the Rams get the buck. I know it's going to be crazy. 
I think the Rams get the Bucks because I don't think Tom's going to have the firepower. I couldn't agree more, John Mead. I think the Packers roll. Yeah. Um, you know, look, the Niners, they might hang or, or make it close late, but I really think the Packers roll in that game. And I would have told you from the second quarter probably on or by halftime on, the Buccaneers, they ain't got it this year. All right? I know they beat the brakes off the Eagles, and the Eagles made it close late, but the Eagles were not ready for that football game. The Rams are a much better team. The offensive line at Tampa is hobbled. I think Brady, because of the lack of weapons, is going to be looking to just check down all day. And the Rams have talent, they have speed, and they have a pass rush. And I think they go to Tampa and they absolutely blow the Buccaneers out of the water. I've got a Green Bay Rams NFC Championship and a Bills take your coin flip there on the Bengals Titans. And those are your four teams. I really can't handicap that, that Bengals Titans game yet. Um, yeah. I, I do think the Bengals in the first half are the play, though. That's that's just my take because they're coming in on a roll. So yeah. we'll reassess, maybe get a, get one in before the Super Bowl. Um, Jason Kelsey, is it his, was it his final game? Oh, man, I mean, I'm sure it looked that way, but the guy played some of the best football of his career. So maybe he runs it back one more year. One more year. I but, sure as hell hope he does. If yeah. it is – if if that is it, thank you, Jason Kelsey. You're yeah. the man. And on top of that, I hope he lets the Eagles know before the draft because, you know, maybe they got to go offensive line in the first round then just to add some more depth or a yeah, guy that can center, snap the damn football. The center from Corn Country is a high prospect. I forget the kid's name, but the guy from Iowa, he's, he's up on the board. He'll be right in that range. So. Yep. All right, Johnny Mita. Appreciate you as always, brother. Shame As for always, the birds. Go birds. Good luck. And uh, when's your next game, Joe? Hopefully next week, this week. Hopefully week. this week. Hopefully this weekend, my friend. Hopefully this weekend. Oh, lastly, uh, real quick, real quick. Yeah. Seven huh? seeds in the NFL playoffs. Too much? I kind of like it. All right. Even what though teams like? Like wild card it? weekend average average victory this weekend was like more than two touchdowns, Bubba. It was uh, it was a bloodbath for games, but yeah, you know. Sometimes that happens in the NFL. You get good coaches. You get teams that are learning on the fly or getting that playoff experience. You're going on the road. A lot of teams jumped out early, too. I think the Cincy Raiders game was really the only game where each team got a, you know, some form of success early on drives. But other than that, it was a lot of 14 nothing, 10 nothing, 28 nothing, and then, you know, hopefully getting some momentum. But when you get that far behind, you got to play perfect football. You know, you get down two, three scores on the road in a playoff game, that puts so much pressure on you. You can't turn it over. You can't take a dumb penalty to back you up second and 20. Just too much pressure on some of these teams when they fall behind. And Arizona didn't have a prayer. Once Hopkins couldn't go. Yeah, no prayer. But look at at what the good coaches did. Kyle Shanahan and his staff, A-plus job. Uh, The Bills and their staff. Sean McVay last night. I know I mentioned the Niners. Teams with good coaches had their teams ready to go. They all ran the ball to set uh-huh. the tone. And look how they look how they handled their business. That's it. That's it. This is gonna be a huge offseason for the birds, man. A lot of, yep. lot of issues. But yep, a lot of issues, a lot of holes to fill. And Tony Romo, whatever you were smoking or drinking before that broadcast on Sunday, God bless you, because it was atrocious. <laughs> <He's the worst. laughs> All right, brother. Godspeed, Johnny Mita. Go Birds. All right. Yeah, go Birds. Nova Nation's hot. At least we got that going for us. Yep, yep, yep.
And, you know, Benifer's still doing his thing. So, whatever. Appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll have another Epi in a few weeks. Till next time, enjoy the NFL playoffs and whatever your sporting interest has you following. John Mita, talk to you, brother. You got it. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Brother Love Podcast. Till next time, we'll see.